What's really good, my people? Welcome into No Catch Up Chicago for Chicago by Chicago. I am your host, Sean Little. Big Nick the Quick back in here. Yeah. We're back in here, bro. It's been like a month. It's been a while, bro. bro the Super Bowl has happened. I don't think we ever got to talk Super Bowl. Did we talk Dude, Super Bowl? we didn't talk Super Bowl, yeah. none of that. All-star, and none we're of live. that. we're live right now. I checked the thing. We're good, man. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, man. We didn't get to talk Super Bowl. We didn't get to talk Ricketts. Nope. We didn't get to talk. Machado. We, get to, we're talk, we talk, get to talk Smollett. We didn't get to talk. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't get to talk none of that. So yeah, I'm uh, I'm excited to be back in here, bro. It's yeah, been a minute. Definitely, definitely. We both been out of town a bunch. <clears throat> what yep. you been up to? Man, not too much, man. Just uh, you know, enjoying enjoying winter time, man. Yeah, kicking it, relaxing. Went to Austin a couple weeks ago for Sharp's bachelor party. Shout out Sharp. Yeah. Um. Other than that, just been chilling, man. Shout out Sharp. And listen, bro, I want to talk about that really quick. Okay. Yeah, you know you my guy. I love you to death. We've been homies forever. I don't care where my homie's girl wants to get married. Stop dragging folks out to the middle of nowhere in the Appalachian Mountains, bro. Yeah. Our boy Sharp has got us going to somewhere in Virginia. And... It's going to be like an hour and a half Uber. Right. And I probably shouldn't even be saying this because it's kind of bogus, but that's just keeping it 100. Yeah. It's a, it's a trek out there. You it's know what I'm saying? Trek, yeah. Hitting the, pocket, <laughs> the, the pockets a bit. Yeah, no yeah. doubt. But shout out shout out Sharp Gear Mary. It's going to be a good time, man. Yeah, he was kind no, of telling me a little bit about what we're going to be doing, and I hope the whole Saturday situation is going to be a lot of fun. So, look, it'll be different. You know what I'm saying? Something a little bit different. but Yeah, I'm looking forward yeah. to it. I'm looking sure. forward to it, especially because I haven't seen him in a while. I didn't. I wasn't able to make it to the bachelor party. Did you look at the spot we're staying at? It's like some countryside inn type looking type, you know what I'm saying, type spot. It's in the, <laughs> it's in the middle of the mountains. We're where, probably like, the first black people to ever stay there. I'm going to keep it 100 right now. We will be the first black people that have ever stayed there. That's it a looks fact. like that. Yeah, 100%. I, I haven't even looked at any pictures. Yeah, we are the first black people to ever. We're going yeah. to boldly go where no one's gone before, so I'm ready. Okay, that's what's up. <laughs> now that we're back in here, the Cubs are on their way back, but of course we're going to kick it off with the Bulls. It's been a wild Bullies. month. Yeah. Up and down. They've showed us a little bit of this, a little bit of that. We didn't get to talk about Otto Porter. That was something else we didn't yeah, get to talk Otto about. Yeah, Porter trade. Yeah, yeah, man. So we missed a lot of stuff that we're excited to get back in here and start chopping it up about. We're going to talk about Machado not joining the White Sox. Yeah. We're going to talk about you, Darvish. So we'll get a little Cubs, White Sox action in. And then we're going to do a little cap, no cap, NBA. The association. Uh, Because we're going to talk as much NBA as humanly possible always because you already know what it is. Yep. Let's kick it off. The Bulls have been all over this month. Trading, winning games that we're not supposed to be winning, losing games we're not supposed to lose. Blowouts here. We roll over somebody there. We rolled over the Celtics the other day at home. Yeah. I thought we were going to blow Milwaukee's doors off last night. We had a crazy first quarter, almost scored 40. We thought no Giannis. It was no it was Giannis. And then we came win. out in the first quarter, and we were we scored like 39 points, yeah, I believe. Yeah. I thought that was going to be a runaway. <clears throat> then we end up losing that game by 11. So it's just like an all-around, up and down, a lot of stuff going on with the boys. Yeah. We didn't get to talk about that Paxson. Oh, the interview, uh, the presser, uh, the presser, or the the score. I'm sorry, the, yeah, yeah, the, the score, score interview. interview was wild. Yeah, man. So, yeah, yeah, he, he like, gave it to Parkinson. By the way, I think I think Parkinson is a clown. You know, what yeah. I mean? I'm not big. I'm not. I'm not big on Danny Parkinson. I think it was funny how he kind of gave it to him. But either way, he was very, very defensive. 
John Paxson, man. He's not going to sit there and take the criticism lightly. He's he hears you. So he he hears us. He hears you. <laughs> he hears everybody. <laughs> he hears everybody. That was kind of interesting because yeah. you can tell because they don't come out and talk all that much. No. And it's it seems like they never do, honestly. Like you most never GMs don't. Them. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, but. For as much heat and flack as they get, you would think you would hear from them more. But I guess why? Look, how many you... times have you heard Bob Myers talk over in Golden State? Like when they win a championship, he's here. But like they usually don't. Like he, that was like a a, a Paxton media. You know, that was his media week. Right. That that was that was meet the press for him. You know what I'm saying? So I think that uh, yeah, you don't really hear them talk a lot. But he was ready to talk. I'll give him that too. I think I told you after the press conference, like agree or disagree with what he had to say. It was somewhat refreshing to hear him kind of come out, lay out what he thought is his plan as far as what they're trying to do, and be passionate about it. Because, you know, one of my biggest things about the Bulls this whole entire rebuild is that I don't think he's necessarily been clear on what it is we're trying to accomplish, right? I think he was realistic about us not being a free agent destination. Again, say what you want to about it. Agree or disagree. I mean, at least he told you, hey, this is what we're doing. This is what we're trying to do. This is where we're at, and this is where we want to be. Um, and you know me, I'm not a guard packs guy at all. I don't, I don't agree with how they're doing things. I don't agree with some of the decisions that they've made, but I'm not going to be mad at him for that, uh, for the 670 interview. I think he was pretty straightforward and that's not like a presser. I mean, he was talking straight to the fans on that. You know what I mean? And you could tell it was, and that that six seventy was after the presser. He was just yeah. kind of tired. He was just tired. I want to. I'm, I'm done. Like, enough of y'all. Enough man. of y'all, man. So <laughs> third rebuild. So what? Yeah. You know what? How many? I'll give you another rebuild. Yeah. What? Like what, what you, you gonna do about it? Yeah. What you want? Yeah. Jerry's on speed dial. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> we'll be okay. Hey, but more and more as the season goes on, this guy Lori Markinen, hooping. Looks like an animal. Yeah. Like a true, true ball player. Yeah. Earlier in the season, we actually talked at length about people were giving him flack about not graduating to that sophomore season. They were calling it the sophomore slump. Yeah. He wasn't doing this. He wasn't doing that. And we kind of about ca- after he got hurt or when he first came back or before he got this hurt? Is when he, this, this is when he came back and was playing like yeah. for a stretch. Yeah. And... People were talking about, yo, the sophomore slump's real. Like, look at marketing. He's not really developing developing into the player that we right. want him to be, all this, et cetera. But we kind of came to his defense like he's not in the most ideal offensive situation. Not at all. They're not running the they're not running the break. That everything is half court and standstill, very robotic type Bobby stuff. Bobby Portis was still there. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Bobby Bobby Portis Bobby, likes Bobby, to get his shots. Bobby, up. yeah, Bobby free agent Portis. Yeah, Bobby yeah, likes contract, to get his shots. Contract up. year Bobby needs his shots. <laughs> so that was another thing that we talked about. So we kind of came to his defense there. But almost since we've had that conversation, maybe a couple weeks after that. They've opened it up, and he's showing that he could play the new age NBA. Absolutely. He's like the prototypical NBA player. Yeah, and it's not just the sitting back and shooting threes. If you looked at him the other day, I mean, he's chasing after the ball at the rim. He's putting it on the floor a little bit. Um, obviously, the shot is there, and that's going to be his bread and butter, but he's rebounding at a high rate, which was a concern that we had tipping coming out of college. In, yeah, like tipping balls that. in, playing hard all over the place. So, I mean, yeah, he's kind of playing like that star, and he's playing confident too. I think that's the biggest thing. I mean, you can't um, undervalue confidence in the NBA, right? If you got that confidence to go out there and play hard and feel like you should be taking some of those shots that he was taking in the Boston game, 
you know what I mean, and kind of putting it on his back, him and Zach. Zach was outrageous the other night. Um, but towards the end of the game, it was really Laurie marketing, right? And I mean, yeah, that's what we want to see from the development, right? I'm, I, if we win games like that and that's why we win games, I'm 100% fine with it, right? Yeah. Say what so you, you got say, to. So you're saying if yeah. marketing spazzes. Yeah. And, and you can build up Zach Levine's trade value? Absolutely. <laughs> and you can build up Zach Levine. Hey, man, yeah, I, listen, at least have an option. If Levine's playing well, if we want to keep him, we have that option. Yeah. If we want to move him, we have that option. You just don't want to get in that spot where you're just buried on a bad yeah, Exactly. And you got to start doing stuff that you don't want to do just because we instant match the deal right away type of thing. Yeah, and let's say Levine finishes strong over these next 25, 26 games, right? And there is some value for him in the summer. Depending on where you pick in the draft, he's tradable, right? If you're picking in that one or two spot, um, I would almost say especially if you're in that two spot and you're picking up R.J. Barrett most likely – there's no room on the basketball court for R.J. Barrett and Zach Levine, right? R.J. Barrett's going to get those shots, and you're more inclined to build around an R.J. Barrett-type guy than you are Zach Levine. Um, so I think if that's the case, you know, he might be attractive to certain teams. Like, again, $20 million a year ain't what it used to be, you know what I mean? And that last year is an option, right? So um, if you can get some value for him, why not? I, I, I personally don't think you build around Zach Levine. Um, but at the same time, you know, are you on the, are, right where now. are you at? Are you all the way on the end where like he's really empty, just empty baskets? Yeah, I think he's could... empty baskets. I don't think I don't think over a course of an NBA season, Zach Levine is going to be the player that gets you to where you want to be as far as winning games. I think he's a great, he's a good player, man. I mean, he's a, he's an exciting player. He's got good offensive game. It's just his style of play doesn't necessarily make anybody better. He's not elevating anybody. Um, and there's nights that he's just going to shoot you out of games. But it's different. And, it, and it's, it's, a, it's a fine line between, like, the guys who win you games who, and score 25 a game and the guys who lose you games and score you 25 a games. But there's definitely a difference. You know what I mean? Right. And I don't think he brings the rest to the table like that. Fair. Yeah. I mean, listen. When it first happened, we know how I felt. I wasn't happy about it. I didn't want to instant match it. I wanted to keep the cap space for – a lot of other things. Yeah. But he's showing that he could score and he could he could go out there and get baskets. We don't have to go down the cliche like he's not the best player on a deep run in the playoffs type of thing. But he can bring offense when yeah. it's needed. And you need it right now. I mean, you need somebody has to score the ball for this team. Right. So, I mean, again, I don't have a – and I know, you, you know, you beat up on me last year for this. But, you know, at this point, if we can win games with Laurie Markkinen and, and – um, you know, Chris Dunn playing out there. I mean, I know he's not very good. And when Wendell Carter comes back, um, I'm not worried about it. Yeah, listen. Want to know, like, okay, so we were talking about this before we hopped on live stream, right? Yeah. I have this battle with one of these dudes on Twitter, one of our homies. He's on the complete opposite side of, like, the Garpacks rebuild and all that. My, Just so I'm clear, my fear is that Otto, the Otto Porter edition, it's a good edition. He's a good basketball player. Like, let's keep it 100. The marketing that holds the Jimmy Butler deal is looking like we won that deal. Marketing's a monster. Well, we definitely won it since yeah. he's not on the Timberwolves anymore. Right. <laughs> Wendell, he can play. He's hurt. Yeah. I just, I can just see our trajectory is we're just, we're back to being like a 40 win basketball team. I don't see like, without, without us being able to attract a really big name, I see, unless we get Zion and he's 
who he's supposed to be, yeah. then that can take us to another level. But so I think if you get Zion or you kind of get what I'm saying. Yeah, I understand exactly you what, what you're mean? saying. Yeah, like and I next think... thing you know, Gar packs with them are like, look, we're competitive again, and yeah. we're in the same position we were two, three years ago. So I think a lot of it hinges on where this Laurie thing continues to go, right? If he could again, this is only his second year, and he missed a large chunk of this year. So if he continues to get better and plays winning basketball and plays the type of basketball that contributes to winning games and grows into a star, um, I think it's a completely different conversation. I think when we first had that conversation, like you just said, Laurie wasn't really looking that way, right? It wasn't yeah. looking like he was going to be this type of player. And again, this is a short sample size, but if it's February is anything, uh, he's going to be an impact player, right? So I think the Bulls, if that's the case, and then you move into that one or two spot and get Zion um, or Cam, I'm sorry, RJ Barrett, I think at that point, man, the Bulls might be a point guard away. Like, we have very bad point guard play and have had very bad point guard while. play for like three years, That's right? That's a good point. So a player like Laurie Markkinen, I mean, a shooter like that and who's going to be great on catch and shoot, those type of dudes, he needs a good point guard, right? Wendell Carter needs a good point guard, right? Those guys need guys that are going to set them up. We don't have those guys that are going to set them up. Otto Porter, right? He's not a creator. Those guys need good point guards. So I think if you're able to get an elite point guard, or an elite point guard prospect, um, you can go a long way with this. So let's say you miss out on Barrett and Williamson and you grab my man's, who's, who's my, John Morant. And let's say he's the real deal in the yeah. NBA. Okay, fine, great. You know, point guard is funny, man. It's like they say there's so many point guards in the NBA and there's a, there's a surplus of point guards, but that doesn't mean there's a surplus of good ones. It's kind of like quarterback in the NFL. Like you can find someone to play the position and you know what I'm saying, run it out there for you, but Impact ones, good ones, really make a difference, especially when you're trying to develop young talent. So I think a point guard is an A1 thing for them, especially because Lloyd Markinen is not like a perimeter, give me the ball, James Harden type of player where you know he's going to be a creator like that. You're talking about a true <clears throat> pass first point guard. Not necessarily. Somebody who's dynamic. Somebody who's dynamic. Oh, oh, someone who's not Chris Dunn. I mean, Chris Dunn is at the low, 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 low end of point guards. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it doesn't need to be like a Rondo or a Lonzo Ball, your traditional, like, I'm not looking to score guy, but someone who can make plays. I'm looking for a playmaker. You know? So it doesn't yeah. need to be a traditional setup those, guy. Those elite point guards put so much pressure on the defense because they can literally do whatever they want. They can want. do whatever they want. Like, I, you, you want me, you're going to give me a bucket? Here's a bucket. Yeah. Or you want me, you're going to guard me? To, me? To, I'm a dish. Yeah. You want me to penetrate and dish? Right. Find the open man, no problem. So that's why if you fall out of the RJ Barrett, or if you fall out the Zion thing, you take a hard look at a Morant. You know what I mean? I get it. Um, I think what's his face? I think it was CJ McCollum and Dame Lillard both had interesting quotes about Morant, um, like about the small school guys. They're like, look, right. you really want to know if a guy's good? Look at guys at a small school because every single night the attention is on them. John Morant's not playing with mm. other great – he's not playing with other great mm. players, so he's seeing double and that, triple – it was kind of a good point if you think, but think about it. Like RJ yeah. Barrett, right? How I many is he seeing double teams all day? Is RJ Barrett seeing yeah. double teams all day? No, no. The attention's on Zion or the attention's right. on Cam. If you're John Morant, and they're not. I, I could not name another player on that ball club. I couldn't name another player in the whole conference. Uh, the whole <laughs> no, exactly. So it's like four yeah. on one. John Morant, he's out here putting up like twenty eight and twelve. Yeah. Um, okay. You know what I mean? Like yeah. So. But whatever, like you said, those elite point guards put so much pressure and they they open up shit for the other guys. And when you got a guy like Markinen, again, who would definitely benefit from playing with a great point guard, I mean, yeah. That's why the Mavs want to go get Kristaps. Yeah. They said, we got a good point guard. We got Luka. Let's go get Kristaps. Let's see what we can do here. You know what I'm saying? So 
Those creators are a big thing. Give me a second on this. Yep. And I also think, again, Porter's a complimentary player, too. So he would serve from, you know, if you put good players around them, Porter's fine. He ain't no superstar. No, nah, he, he's a he's a great little piece, though. He's a piece. No, he's a piece. And, like, don't talk about what happened in Washington. Washington's been one of the most dysfunctional teams in the NBA for years. You know what I mean? They've never been – Bradley Beal and John Wall have never liked each other. You know what I mean? So it's always been a clusterfuck over there. So Yeah, fair enough. Let's change the scenery, guy. The big win the Bulls had was against the Celtics. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, I know we've been talking about the Celtics a bunch. How do you feel about that W? And then, but what I'm really getting at is, I want to start talking about a little bit of Kyrie. Yeah. Because no matter what, after every ball game, he's got something to say, and the Bulls game was no different. How do you feel about him, the Celtics? Because what kind of what you mentioned to me was when you were watching that game, that didn't seem it. What for you, it wasn't. The Bulls are turning the page, which they are, and they showed a little bit. Yeah. But more that jumped out to you was. The Celtics might be kind of huff. Yeah. Um, and I think we'll talk about this a little more in the cap or no cap. But, like, yeah, when you watch the Celtics play, they don't enjoy playing together at yeah. all. Right? There is no chemistry. There's talent all over the place. Right? And they'll make plays. And if you look at that game, Kyrie almost got him back into the game at the end of it because he's that talented. You know what I mean? But yeah. you watch them play and they don't have any chemistry, it just doesn't look like a, like a well-put-together – and I'm sorry, not a well-put-together team, but a team that enjoys playing with each other. So for me, I'm happy to see that the Bulls took advantage of that, right? The Bulls were out-executing them. The Bulls were playing harder than them. The Bulls were out-scrapping them. Um, I love seeing that. But I don't, I, I'm not, I don't look at a win versus the Celtics, especially the Celtics in this current state, as like a marquee-type win only because – I mean, they're not they're not playing up to their potential. If you were to beat the Raptors like that, if you were to beat the Bucks like that, um, the Sixers on the right night, like yeah, for sure. But the Celtics have been up and down all year long. They cannot put a run together. Yeah, it was interesting. Kind of uh, our boy uh, Darnell Mayberry from the Athletic. I always read his notes. Yeah, and he was talking about some of these big wins that we had at Brooklyn, at Miami, home against the Celtics. And kind of one thing he mentioned was those wins have been predicated on huge games from our stars. Yeah. Like the other night when Markinen and Laurie went for like 80 combined. Exactly. I think it was yeah, 77, it was like 77 combined. 77 combined, right? yeah. And there was another game where on 18 shots, I think it was at Brooklyn, Markinen scored 28 points. Yeah. Had like 18 rebounds. And then Bobby Portis almost scored 30 before we traded him. Right. So it was like, let's see if we can put, string this together or is this just dudes going crazy getting Ws? But I think, like you said, if it's if it's our stars that are wilding out and we're getting wins, the tank. You can live with that. You can live with it, I guess. We're still four games behind Atlanta listen, for that third listen, spot. Listen, it almost doesn't matter to me now. I want to tank because I want to get Zion, but the, the odds are how, they're, how they are now. 14% chance. Right, it is what it is. We messed up the tank two years ago. You'll never, you'll never. I'll never leave. I'll never leave that alone, oh. because that was like a blatantly t like you need to tank. You can pick whoever you want out of that plethora of players: Luca, Trey Young, Mo Bamba, whoever you wanted. Well, you end up with Wendell Carter, Jackson. Wendell's all right, Triple but like J Triple J is nice. Triple J is Triple nice. Triple J is real nice. Triple J is really and he's like nice. nineteen. This is what I'm saying. Yeah. 
So, like, you could have had those opportunities to kind of pick those players, but we messed that up because we, we were on, like, the where, what direction. So, do you, we you, think, you think Wendell, Wendell, I mean, you, even if you like Wendell Carter, whatever it might be, he's just kind of like the safe pick but not, like, the, the sexy pick? Like, you don't think he'll ever be a major impact player? Because his biggest comparison is Al Horford, and I know you don't love Al Horford, but if Wendell Carter Jr. becomes Al Horford, I'm fine. No, I'll, I'll, Al Horford listen, is nice. Listen, I've come around. You just a look at bit. points per game, and you're like, "Oh, I, Al Horford's weak." I've but come around on Al Horford. <clears throat> he's nice. You gotta watch the games because if anything, he makes an impact. He, like, he, he's, he's one of those dudes where like the stat line won't tell you what's going on. Yeah, he he's makes a great an impact defender. Yeah, he's like a Joe Kim Noah type player. No doubt. But yeah, His I mean, college teammate. Listen, the the year to tank, we didn't do it. Yeah, that was the last year before they changed the, the odds and all that stuff. We didn't do it. And now we're in the kind of situation where they want to win, man. Boiling like I, like is is they seem like they want to win right now. It doesn't matter like if it's twenty five games, if it's thirty, whatever. The, there's still like a little bit of gray area on what they want to do. But we we got a lot. It's, it's so much stuff to talk about and so much stuff going on. That I just want to like, and what what have we been saying the last six months? It's all about developing our young talent. Yeah, Laurie's coming into his own. Dunn is a question mark. It's trash. Well, <laughs> Dunn is a question. No, mark. he'll. You know what? Chris right. Dunn will settle into to be a nice role player in the NBA. Yes, who will come in and give you fifteen to twenty. Chris Dunn will, will reappear in like five six years on a really good team. Like, oh, they're putting in Chris Dunn for a defensive stop. You know. Yeah, that you, I can see that for him because he's a dog on D, and that can keeps you a, in the league. Is he gonna? Is he gonna be a starting one? That's you're like, wow, he, we're 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 locked in at the one for no. the next ten years. He's not that. He's gonna realize his role to be scrappy, play yeah. D, get buckets when you can, and if he accepts that, he'll he'll stay in the league. He'll be fine, but he's not. Again, you can't build the. the you can't have these guys, and these are your foundational pieces. And Chris Dunn is your starting point guard. You just can't do it. Yeah, you gotta get some. You gotta get somebody else in there. I agree. I agree. The Bulls are always fun. They're in Memphis tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out Joe Kim. That'll be fun. He'll try to do something. Yeah, he's the best. But Joe, no. Let's switch over to some baseball because that shit's around the corner. Yeah, spring's around the corner. I know it doesn't feel like that. It's March first, essentially. Mm-hmm. Baseball is on our way back, and the big talking point for the White Sox was: we're young, we have a ton of cap, and we're going to try to sign Manny Machado. Yeah, I mean that was even it was bigger than that. I mean every all signs pointed towards the Sox doing that, right? Right. Yep. And. I know that's old news almost now, but there's something I wanted to to kind of talk to you about that. Okay. How did you feel about that? And then I have a I have a after I get your initial thoughts, I have a specific question that I want to ask you about that. But yeah, how did you feel about it? Should they have gone after him no holes barred or yeah. did they kind of pussyfoot it a little bit? <laughs> so I'm not, you know, <laughs> I'm not Johnny Baseball obviously, but I am a White Sox fan and I did pay attention to this particular situation cuz you know, to be honest, I would love to see the White Sox be good again. I think with some of the moves that they made as far as developing the, the farm system and bringing up some of these young guys who looked like they could be something. Um, everything that they did for this rebuild, and they were pretty honest about it, was we want to develop young talent, right, through trades. We trade Chris Sale, get some guys back. And when that time comes, we want to spend money on a marquee free agent, right? 
So you checked one box. You traded away your good players. You got good players back. Um, and then it was time to check that second box. Yeah, you, you were scared to jump in the water. I think if it came down, first off, look, the $300 million shouldn't have surprised them. The whole time from the outset of free agency, the number was 10 years, $300 million. The number started with a three. It was 10 years, $300 million because that's what Bryce Harper turned down from the Nets, right? So everybody said, okay, that's the going rate is $300 million, right? So it should not, so seeing Kenny being like, we're floored that he signed for that, it's like, no, you're not. I knew what he was looking for, right? And then it comes out that we had offered eight years, $260 million, which is a little bit more per year, but less on the total deal. And then um, some incentives that could have pushed it over 300 And he decided to go to San Diego, the Padres, right? Not a marquee franchise by any stretch of the imagination and definitely not in a huge market um, for $40 million more, more, which tells me he was interested in two things, the years and the total dollars, right? Which... If you were so dead set on signing him, you should have known that. You had the upper hand the entire time. You signed his best friend. You signed his brother-in-law. Everybody was talking about the White Sox are at the top of the list, right? And you mean to tell me you lose out on him for two years and $40 million? Two years and $40 million? And we looked at the contract. It's not some contract where, like, in year 10, he's making $48 million. It's a straight $30 million per year. So we're talking about in 2030, what is $30 million going to look like? It's going to look like what $20 million looks like right now, right? So what were you so worried about? Not to mention, he's 27 years old. So it's not handing Pujols an eight-year deal when he's 32. No, I don't even think he's that old. He's 27. He, tur- he, just, he turns 27 in July. So he's 26 right now. Bryce Harper's 25. Um. Yeah, he turns 27 in July, right? So he's yeah, 26. Correct, yeah. So you're talking about the scary years of that contract, which would be the last couple years, right? He's going to be 36 and 37. Again, this isn't Pujols being 40 in an Angels uniform making $32 million a year. You're talking about a guy who's premier player right now in his prime early, right? At 26, is a four-time All-Star. He's hit 30 home runs or 33 home runs in what, the last five years, Five-tool player, great defensive player. Wild. OD on the defense. OD so. on D, and he hits well. I yeah, mean, he's, 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 he's yeah. a five-tool player, yeah. and he plays a position of knee. He's a corner infielder. So, yeah. I mean, it's kind of like what what, 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 for $40 million, Doug? It's one thing if he went to San Diego for like three hundred and sixty, and we're like, look, we weren't trying to spend that extra hundred mil. But you're talking about $40 million when you're not going to spend it on Harper. We know you're not signing Bryce Harper, and you have no one else to spend it on. And it completely sets your rebuild backwards. So, yeah, I was disappointed that it was over $40 million because it's not like he went to the Yankees where it's like, oh, we just can't compete with them. What are the fucking Padres? You know what I think it is, too, that's going to be big is that, as you know, us being from Chicago, you need, with one of your squads, you need that thing to hang on to. Yeah. Even when shit's bleak. Especially for the White Sox. You're like, yo, let's go to the South Side and go see Machado. Like, that's it. More so than any franchise in the city. Like, we'll, like they'll lose, but I haven't seen Machado. Let's go see Machado. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You got to pull people. Yeah. So that, that's kind of more the thing. At least it's just like, okay, we have Machado. He's going to be here for a long time. We can sell it, tickets off that. 100%. And you just give, you give the fan base something to watch at least. Yeah. Something to do. Like, yeah. it, almost like t- it almost is taking a step back now because it's like, all right. You gave us some hope on this. We really believe what y'all are saying. It seemed like y'all were going to go out and get it. 
Then we see the contract they offered. Y'all kind of lowballing him a little bit. And then now he's gone, and now y'all hyped us up, and it's not it's nothing now. Yeah. It's, it's a complete step backwards. $40 million over uh, $40 million. Now, would you – now I have a question on it. This is directly to you as a White Sox fan. Would you have given that whole – the extra 40 they didn't offer him, the full 10 years, if you knew those last two or three years, say the last two and a half years, he was bad. And he was kind of done with baseball. Absolutely. Like, you'd give it to him anyway. Absolutely. Why? Because baseball contracts aren't prohibitive like NFL and, B- and NBA contracts are to where there's a salary cap. So at that point, like, yeah, you're paying Manny Machado a lot of money to suck, but he's not necessarily stopping you from signing other players, especially like what we just said, the contract does not escalate. So it's $30 million in 2028, 2029 terms, right. which if we would have looked at 10 years ago, what was $20 million? Was a lot of fucking money, right? Right now, $20 million is like, hey, we can live with that. We could eat that. We could pay a guy twenty right. million who's not quite as good as he was, right? Right. So you're talking about a straight thirty per thirty million and twenty maybe even if it's three years before it's done, fine. Twenty twenty six, twenty twenty seven, twenty twenty eight, whatever it might be, those could be the scary years, right? But you have a better chance of that not happening because guess what? He'll be thirty four, thirty five. 36. Right. It's not a 40-year-old past his prime. We're signing you at the end of your prime, Albert Pujols. Those deals scare people. Cabrera, the extensions, that type of shit scares people, right? But this is a young player who does a lot more than just one thing. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like, like you said, to your point. What about his attitude, though? I, the Johnny Hustle thing? Yeah. His added, look at his numbers. Baseball, and, th- and this is and it's funny when we talk about the Celtics and the chemistry and shit, right? It, uh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. I don't know if it matters in, as much in baseball. If you have a guy, and it's not like he's a bad guy. He just said, yo, I'm not going to go out there and be Johnny Hustle. You mean it doesn't matter so much in baseball just because, like, if you're a bad man, you're going to go out there and put up numbers regardless. Doesn't matter. Bad team or not. You're bad gonna go team out there or not, and, you go out there and put up your numbers. But I think, to play devil's advocate, <laughs> but I think people are worried that, hey, it's a bad combination to be on a bad baseball team. Mm-hmm. After you've been there already three or four years, y'all are still bad. Just, just hyperbole. Yeah. Hypothetically, right? They're still really bad. And now he's on the back end of this deal making $30 million. And now it's like, all right, the team's bad. I'm just kicking it in a dope city, making tons of money, and, like, I'm just chilling. It's easier to pack it in and kind of slow down if – like, what's his motivation? Like, got, in other words. But my point is this. If your whole strategy is built around signing that marquee for there's risks in everything. Yeah. What if it doesn't? And again, it's not like he's Milton Bradley. Like he's not like, oh man, the word about Manny Mikado is like you can't have him in the clubhouse. The Dodgers added him for a World Series run. Right? So it's not like we're looking at it. He just said I'm not Johnny Hustle. Okay, great. You know yeah. what? He had 37 home runs last year. He drove in over 100 runs. Yeah. He's a gold glover. He's an all-star. And he's fucking 26 years old. And he fits in at a spot where you need help. And I will say this, and I know it's before he got the big money. <coughs> it's not like Baltimore's been. Yeah, they've been a bad team, they've too. they bad team, too. Bad so. te- yeah, it's not like he's been winning for last year. <laughs> he hasn't played on Boston. I know, right? You know what I mean? So, yeah, it's like he doesn't really know. He didn't know winning until he came over to the Dodgers. Exactly. But, again, it's like if that if your strategy, and that's your public strategy, is we're going to acquire a ton of young talent, right? Trade away our assets. Acquire a young talent that we won't trade away and that will develop and nurture all to center it around a big free agent who now we, they're not going to get any cheaper. 
Next year's free agent class isn't going to be under $300 million if you have a marquee guy. Now, the market gets set every year. Contracts don't go down, right? This isn't the NBA where there's a salary cap and it stalls. Contracts don't go down. Baseball's a free market. So it's not like you're going to the next guy who's going to be any cheaper. So you say, hey, what are we worried about the last two years of Manny Machado? He's 27 or 26. You sign him. You give your fans some hope. The Sox need to draw some fans in there. No one's going to come in to watch the rebuild this year. The most exciting thing about the rebuild last year was Kopech. Guess what? He's not pitching this year. I didn't even know that. Yeah, he's going to have Tommy John. Oh, yeah, he did. Yeah, Tommy John is out this year. So we'll see him in 2021. When you come back from Tommy John, though, you – it seems like you got a little extra bionic. Yeah, he's, but thing. he's not back this year. Right, he's out yeah, the entire yeah. year. So it's like, to your point, like, yeah, you got to sell your fans something. Uh, it, Manny, Manny Machado was a very easy thing to sell the fans after this very painful yeah. rebuild. Why do you keep calling him Machado? Machado, Machado. From? I don't know why. Because the CH, the CH makes me say, like, where you get that? I don't know. Where you get yeah, Machado I don't know from? why I got Machado. <laughs> Maybe I want him to be Manny Machado. You know Manny what I'm Machado. saying? Maybe, yeah, Manny Machado. We'll put that on the t-shirt, um, Manny Machado. But, yeah, and then, again, I mean, you lost him to San Diego. I mean, the Padres. So, it's, winning wasn't important. That's interesting that you would, knowing that you would give up the last three years, you'd, give him, you'd pay him anyway. If you want him, you pull him on the table, you say, look, what's it going to take to get it done? Right. And if you said 10 years, $300 million, fine. But not $40 million over 10 years is so petty. Yeah. When you're not spending that money on anybody else, anyways, I think the next the highest paid player on the roster is uh, Jose Abreu, and he didn't even make cash like that. Right. Yeah, no, that's a good point. You traded away Chris Sale, man. Come on now. Yeah, that was. I mean, he was an animal too. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. These are once in a generation type pitchers, one of the best pitchers in Major League Baseball. He's been like that for a while. So when yeah. you trade away a player like that, you you got a couple years before you got to give the fans something back, someone to root for. No. Got to go to the park. So I'm I am disappointed. I think it was cheap. Um, but you know, hopefully these young guys do their thing. It's but still yeah, early. I'm in not the, coming back in the build up, but yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens. It it would have been nice to get someone that you could go out there and root for. You know what I mean? Get yeah. a jersey, do all that. Yeah. So switching over to the Cubs, I don't. I want to talk about one specific thing because I think this is a major, major, major deal in uh in the Cubs season coming up. I think the odds for to win the World Series came out, and the Cubs are like fourth or fifth um so they're right there they're gonna be a good baseball team right big question mark is you darvish coming back pitching in general pitching in general <laughs> talking point i was listening to cap and co today on espn 1000 shout out cap and co yeah i rock with cap and co yeah, for sure jesse rogers talking cubs he said that you Darvish and Theo said this as well that he thinks you Darvish will be better now that he's getting more comfortable with his English and plans to talk to the media without his interpreter. He thinks if he's more com- more comfortable in the clubhouse with the media, then that'll translate to him being more confident on the mound. You think that's a real thing? No, because it's not like this is his first time playing in a major media market. Right. He played in Dallas and he played in L.A. Right? He played for the Dodgers and the Rangers. Those are two of the six largest media markets. In the, so, I mean, what, more comfortable. What do you – no. Well, this is what I'm – well, he's he's planning on not he's pitching. Been, he, I mean, he's planning on not talking with an interpreter to the media. His English is getting better with his teammates, et cetera. I, I think it's an interesting take. I think it – 
I think with certain mental players, and baseball is very mental, especially pitching, you never know what can make someone more comfortable. I think if, like, it's on his mind that if, so like say last year, like when he was struggling, damn, I'm going to have to go talk to the media with my interpreter and I'm going to have to go do all this shit. And it's th- that's, stuff like that starts to snowball. If you like it or not, you can call him soft. You can call him a lot of different things. But I still think all that stuff kind of goes into how you're pitching every fifth day. Sure. So if he could, if he gets more comfortable and feels like he could go out and talk to the media and they're not bashing him and he feels comfortable kind of opening up a little bit, that might give him some more confidence to go out there every fifth day. I think it's little things with baseball players that could completely turn shit around, no doubt. Yeah, I always heard the reason he didn't want to use or he does he can speak English, but he'd use yeah. his interpreter because he doesn't want to say the wrong thing. Right. So my biggest fear would be he says the wrong thing and then it backfires on him and then it has the opposite effect. But hey, if that if that's what they think might help, I, I don't, and I don't think Joe Madden says that unless you Darvish comes to him and says, Hey, this is what I'm thinking, or his people come to him and say, Hey, yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah, if they feel like that's gonna work, that's fine. It needs to work. I paid him a lot of money. Listen, and Theo <laughs> thinks it'll help, so I'm rocking with Theo. I don't know if you guys caught my last pod, uh, a little rant. I talked about Theo Epstein. He is silky smooth, bro. Yeah. Every time he opens his mouth, it's very, very calculated, very thought out, very thorough, very smooth. Just smooth, dude. Like when Barack would say something, it was just like, oh, okay. Yeah. Never thought about it like yeah, that. Yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. When he says something, it's not it's, it's not tone deaf. He gets like the implications on the Cubs and the city and the organization. Like every everything he answers about Joe Madden is just on point. Yeah, he won a World Series. He's got a lot of goodwill. Yeah, like he he has a ton of goodwill. <laughs> you know what I mean? Let's so, let's not forget about that. You, <laughs> you would, said if he loses, he yeah. yeah if he hadn't won a World Series, that you'd be like, man, I don't know what the fuck Theo's talking about. He's lost his mind. So let's not let's not act you like that. Let's not yeah, let's it. not overhype it. But again, that's what winning a World Series does for you. Facts. Yeah. But. I guess when you have the combination of both, it, it jumps off the page. Yeah, right? you're smooth and you're a proven winner. It's like, yeah, for sure. I've lifted two curses. Do you think Javi can put that back, back to back? I don't know, like man. That? He was ridiculous last year. Um, Cause I'm not baseball is so weird like that because baseball like is so year to year for guys. You know what I mean? Like yeah. You won't see an NBA player go from averaging 25 to one year to like 15 the next unless he's Vince Carter trying to get out of Toronto. But... <laughs> Um. <laughs> Yo, you, wanna t- you know how you, I'll, never, I'll never let go of the Bulls messing up that tank? You'll never let go of uh, nah, Vince never, Carter. The Vince Carter love is so funny to me. Like, all these pundits that want to hate on everybody. Like, Vince Carter straight up was averaging. Look up the stats. He was averaging 14 points a game on, like, 38% shooting in his prime. <laughs> <laughs> so, stop. Stop playing. But, um, so, like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's hard, but... Uh, Javi's young. He's a great player. He's got a shit ton of confidence. So, I mean, he obviously believes he can go do it. Um, I just don't know. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Yelich had a ridiculous year, and I think that's just, you know, the only reason why he wasn't able to come out on top on that MVP trophy voting. But aside from the MVP, yeah, I think he's I think he's going to have a good year. Yeah, I, I think he so. puts it all together, man. Like, his style of play, I think Joe Madden's the perfect manager for him because Madden allows him to – do the stupid shit that leads to the spectacular shit. He just lets him play ball. You got to let him play ball. Yeah. Too many people would try to regulate that and be like, oh, no, that's too crazy. You tag gotta, like this. Yeah, yeah, because he'll make this. some mistakes, but for every mistake, he's going to make five plays that other people aren't going to make yeah. um, just from sheer effort and attempting it. So, you know, why not? 
Let's switch over to the NFL. Yeah. We're going to talk about a couple things. Really quick, Cody Parkey. Gone. Will, will be released. Um. Also, on the same breath, Robbie Gold signed got got a franchise tenure from San Francisco. Yeah, that was going to happen the whole time. Yeah, that was going to happen the whole way, right? So, first off, how do we address the kicker situation? Should we try to go look at someone in the draft? Or did you go pick someone off the street? Off the street, but I mean just some, some, another kicker yeah. that seems like he'll be reliable and can get it going. You probably just go – I mean, you go the reliable route unless you have somebody in the draft in mind that you're really strong on. But What's the earliest only, you would pick a kicker? Like not the fifth with, round? So the bear, the Bears aren't in a position to take a kicker early. We don't have enough picks. Yeah, fact. So we, we can't really use – as much as we need a kicker, we can't – we're not – It's draft picks aren't luxuries to us right now, right? We only have so many over the next couple of years between the Trubisky deal and the Mac trade. So we kind of have to use them wisely. And like I said a couple months ago, the Bears need to focus on adding depth. Because we cannot expect to be as healthy as we were this year or next year. So, in that case, you probably have to use some of that money that you got and go the free agent route. I don't think – I don't. I wouldn't – a fifth, even a fifth round, a sixth round pick, a seventh round pick on a kicker to me right now, I'd just be like that's irresponsible because we just don't have enough picks to go around. And the best way to build depth is through draft picks. Yeah. So, you need to start looking at like, yo, can we get a guy in the sixth round maybe that can be the, the sixth corner? You know what I mean? Like that's more important than a kicker right now. Unfortunately, not the sixth corner, but you know what I mean. If yeah. there's one thing that Ryan Pace can't do, it's pick kickers. Yeah. That's the only thing he hasn't been able to do well right. so far, it seems like. So hopefully we can get that right because yeah. we're going to need to get it right because uh-huh. we're going to have a very similar football team yep. next year. Yeah. They actually on Cap and Co. as well were getting in arguments about, like, this one dude called in and said, essentially, Cody Park is getting too much blame. Matt Nagy, the offensive genius, only scored six points. Blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah. That's so, one way of looking at it. Yeah, yeah. So, so it was interesting. Well, the fact of the matter is, Cody Parker. We, we, yeah, we don't even got to go down yeah. this, that that hole, right? But the next big story is Bobby Kraft. <coughs> Robert Kraft. Bobby Kraft. Bobby Kraft. Now let's get this out of the way really quick. Me and Big Nick the Quick, no catch up Chicago, in no way, shape, or form, support human trafficking. Sex trafficking. Not at all. Never would support someone being forced to doing something they didn't want to do. 100%. Now, let's end it there. Yep. This is a wild, hilarious story to me. <laughs> this is, like, one of the funniest stories I've caught in a minute. For sure. Like, this, <laughs> this cat was essentially, this is what he did. When he, We had a little free time. Yeah. He would shoot down to the massage parlor, get a little toppy, get a little tuggy, yep. and go about his day. Go about his day. Now, <laughs> the most wild part to me is like he's pulling up to the spot in a Bentley. In a Bentley. He's hopping out the Bentley, going in there for 15 minutes, coming out. Does he have his champion's chain on? <laughs> like, no disguise, no nothing. Like, what was your first thoughts when you heard the story? I wasn't surprised, not in the least bit. I'm telling you, when I saw him in the Dream Chasers chain and the Comb Day fucking uh, pullover, yeah. I was like, yo, my man's is, he's all the way out there kicking it with he Meek Mill. He just does whatever he wants. Does whatever he wants. Like, he's clearly at, like, that third quarter, three-quarter life crisis. You know what I'm saying? 
Um, so I wasn't surprised. I just thought I always feel like if you got that much money and you want to do like shit like that, there's so many other ways to go about doing it. Yeah, he bro. couldn't. He couldn't. Have somebody come to the car, come to the crib, to the hotel. You got money. You got flunkies. Just like, yo, go out and get me someone who's good with the tug. I'm going to sit up over here at the Mondrian and just, I'll wait. You know what I'm saying? 100%. But, like, why are you going to the strip mall? The strip mall in Florida? Yeah, you know somebody was in there probably at the Walmart Greens next door one day. Is that Bob Kraft pulling up? Yeah, What's Bobby Kraft doing over here? (laughs) With the champion's chain on? He's wild. Um, So, I think that that was the wild shit about it to me. But then, like. At the same time, man, these people never, I don't know. To me, I'm doing it like Jim Irsay. I'm rolling around with the, with the briefcase full of the, uh, like 100,000 ones or whatever they caught him with. Remember that shit? Yeah. The owner of the Colts, they caught him with a briefcase full of ones and cocaine <laughs> and shit. Like, he yeah. was riding around the limo yeah. getting it in. He just happened to get pulled over. Um, I don't know. This the go, it's, Yeah. To me, it's like the equivalent of like going looking for hookers on the street if you're one of these super rich dudes. Like, yeah. bro, aren't there services for that? 100%. Don't you got the Elliot Spitzer uh, little service that, you know what I'm saying? Like, what's up with that? You're a billionaire. Billionaire, bro, with a B. With a B. With a B, capital. You could, there are so many other ways to go about this. Yeah. Like, that's, what you, what he was doing is the last thing you should do. Yeah. Which makes me think of it, it might be like a thrill thing, though. Maybe it's just too easy for him to make that call. That, like, he wants to, let me go to a seedy place and get jerked off. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that shit is edgy. You know what that, I'm saying? They wouldn't yo, expect maybe, that from me. It's so much different than my life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That, yeah. And I, yeah. And I bet you, that's actually, that's probably exactly what it it's was. It's probably some thrill chasing shit. Yeah. I'm just slide him 100 and get out of here. Yeah, I'm going to get out of here. He went to the, he went over there before the AFC champ game. Yeah, before he was his stressed. Fight. Before he, but Pat Mahomes had Before him. he hopped on the PJ, he needed the BJ. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Before you hop on the PJ, you Pat, need the BJ. Pat Mahomes had him wild. <laughs> yeah, stress, wild, man. Hey, man, this light skinned dude is going to drive me crazy, man. Mahomes I need the, had him wild. I need stress. the double lubrication joint. So, yeah, I mean, you know, um, I think it's wild that, like, they're going after the client list. I've never understood that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've never understood going after the client list or what exactly that that does other than to like bring shit i guess it's a deterrent for other people you know what i mean yeah. but like they were quick with the bobby, bobby craft was was a member well i guess how they popped him was after he pulled off they pulled him over yeah and id'd him and then let him go or something like warning yeah. ticket type thing yeah but yeah he's pulling up to the spot with a driver and a bentley well then Schefter reported that there's other famous people involved but none of that's come out so i think that might be some bullshit but they say Tiger Woods stays like five miles from the spot. <laughs> nah, don't bring hey, that guy Tiger. Hey, it's Tiger. Thing. I'll be there at five. <laughs> I want the tug with the lube. Thank you, Tiger. W O O D S. Yeah. Password yes. is Masters. O H. <laughs> that voicemail is still wild, hilarious. Doug, it's the, it's, it's, it's the wildest. My of wife all calls time. you. Just delete my number, Tiger. <laughs> It's the wildest of all time, bro. All right, let's switch over to the association. The association. We got a little segment we're going to do cap or no cap. couple interesting questions. Mm-hmm. I've been thinking about it while we're doing the show actually right now. Go ahead, jump into them, bro. Yeah, so cap or no cap, kind of like shot or no shot. So yeah. you t- I'm, I'm going to give you a statement. True or false. You tell me if it's all. Yeah, for the, for the, for the yeah. viewers at home. You tell me if it's all cap or no cap, all right? right? So the first one I got, this has been a hot topic around the uh, the little talking heads. LeBron and the boys, man. 
Lakers won't make the playoffs. Is that cap? No cap. That's no cap. No cap. Not making now it. Now listen. Before the groin injury, LeBron James, they were playing well. Yeah. The Lakers were hooping. I the from what I saw last night with <laughs> him just kind of standing night, around right? and all that stuff. Yeah. He was in Memphis, I think. Was it Memphis last night? Last night they were in Memphis and there was a whole bunch of clips of him just not guarding anybody and not doing anything. And combined with his post game comments, I he's in that LeBron mode where it's like, I want everyone else to prove some shit to me. Yeah. We know what I can do. Like, he's not in the let's save the day mode, LeBron. Like, okay, I'll just carry everybody. Like, I don't think he wants to do that. Yeah. I think he wants to see what these other dudes can do. He kind of just stepping back, doing whatever. And I think this is also going to get him to leverage some changes that he wants next season. We don't. We didn't make the playoffs because this is this is him. This is LeBron behind yeah. the scenes next with, year. With Rob Palenka and Listen, Magic. we didn't make the playoffs because this, this, and this. <laughs> I think we need to make this, this, and this many changes. Like, and I think that'll help his cause because they didn't make the playoffs, and they haven't what made the playoffs in what five years, five years in a row now. Yeah, yeah. So it's gonna it's gonna be one of those things. I don't think they make the playoffs because I don't think he's really gonna try to carry them to the. He's he is not in the mindset and wanted to go to L.A. to try to carry them to the eighth seed to play the Warriors. Like he does, he bro. He knows what's going to happen if they get the eighth seed. He's not in it for making the playoffs to play the Warriors. So that's why I think he's going to be like, mm, I'm good. So I'd rather not make the playoffs than have to go up against the Warriors because then I'm really going to get some flack because we're going to get our doors blown off for real. So I go no cap on this as well, but I agree with you 100% if you were to take out LeBron and with everything you said and then replace it with his teammates. LeBron just spent the last three weeks trying to trade half of y'all, right? So when he's going out there throwing out these statements, like, which he's done before on other teams, right? I want to see what everybody else can do. I want to see who's going to fight, right? The difference in previous years is those teammates were willing to fight for LeBron because they were all in. If you're Kuzma, Lonzo, Brandon Ingram, you know that he just spent the last however many weeks publicly Right between his with his agency trying to trade you. So for what reason do you have to fight hard for LeBron just so you can be the eighth seed, get bounced, and then get traded inevitably anyways? So that's so he can't rally these guys around him like before that Kevin Love shit, that mental games that he do that would sometimes get Kevin Love to wake up and start playing hard. Yo, those guys believed in Bron. Right, those guys 100% believed in Bron. They knew at the end of the day, Bron's going to be there to carry us. These dudes are looking like, bro, you came in here on some family shit, got hurt while you were hurt, started plotting, right? While we're over here playing, you're plotting, yeah. right? Publicly plotting to trade us, right? I mean, there's a new trade rumor every day, and you you're behind it. You're not squashing none of that shit. Publicly campaigning for AD, and then it doesn't happen your way because let's face it, the 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 Rich Paul situation they botched that situation hard, right? So now you want us to come back and fucking rally around you? You want to throw shots at us? Fuck you, dude. We will not be playing. We know one way or another we won't be playing with you next year. If you don't get AD, you're going to try to get somebody else. But it ain't going to be us. Because like you just said, if they be bounced, if they make don't make the playoffs, easy conversation. If they do and get bounced, easy conversation. So it's a lose-lose. Playing hard for those players is a lose-lose situation. Like, yeah, we want to play in the playoffs, but not at LeBron's. Not, not. For LeBron, you know what I mean? And then you have a coach who's 
has no voice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, has he even have an interview? I've never uh, seen. Has he talked this year? <laughs> like seriously, has he talked this year? Between LeBron and Magic, Luke is just between Rob Palenka, a title. He, a ti- between Levar Ball, he can't eat nothing. It's a t- he's a he's title. just there, bro. He's, he's just literally there. there, telling, "Hey, practice starts, practice ends." Here's the schedule this week. Yeah. Make sure you're not late for the bus. LeBron, except for you, you can show up whenever you want. Yeah. So I think that those dudes, like, you know, just what you said about LeBron, he doesn't want to go through all that to go through this. Those guys don't either. They really don't. The next time LeBron sees the Warriors, (laughs) he wants to be locked and loaded and and knowing he has a chance. He knew last year he didn't have a chance. Deep down. Yeah, but he still carried them there. He, and, but that's what I'm saying. Yeah, like it's it's a different situation. He was willing to try to carry them. He's not trying to carry these dudes. They don't want to be carried though. I don't think you can understate that. I think if he had a, a locker room full of dudes when he walks in or looking at him like, take us. But when take us? But when do we have to kind of be like, all right, you're not okay. We didn't trade you. You're not traded. We're here now. Let's try to hoop. I think it's more on LeBron than the other guys. I think you can say that when the front office tries to trade you, not when your best player on your team tries to trade you, not when the team captain tries to trade you. It's a unique situation, right? You can rally around like, hey, the front office didn't want me here, but in this locker room, we all we got. Uh, but one of we is the guy who's trying to trade you. That's why it's different, bro. Right. It's not that fucking Magic was trying to trade him or Rob Palenka was trying to trade him. LeBron and his agent – we're trying to trade you guys. That's different. So how can LeBron look them in the eyes and say, hey, guys, we're going to rally around this situation? They're like, you created it. Right. So I no cap. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. Now, here's the other thing I wasn't going to say about this, though. If I had to bet, I'm not betting against LeBron until I have a reason to. But To make the playoffs? Yeah. My heart, think, my heart tells biggest, me. I think your biggest reason is the Western Conference. Yeah. And the Kings. Yeah. you want to talk about. I mean, I, I would never bet against LeBron either, but I just – the situation with the current roster, with the current coach, with how it seems like he doesn't he doesn't seem too interested. And the Kings are the exact opposite. Exact they want to make they, the playoffs. They're trying to make – They want to make – they'd be happy to get blown out by Golden Yo, State and Ford. And they, they seem to play Golden State tough They as play fuck. tough. Marvin Bagley is a, is a problem, by the way. Yeah. If you ever been watching Marvin Bagley the last – Marvin Bagley is a problem. Yeah. Still so, should have taken Luka, but Marvin Bagley is a fucking problem. Yeah. So they And they want to make it. Yeah, you're yeah, right. They want to play. They don't yeah, they wouldn't mind. They would love to be on the stage to play the Warriors. You gotta jump San Antonio. San Antonio doesn't miss the playoffs. They just don't. Just don't. Doesn't matter. Me and you could be playing. They don't miss the playoffs. They're not missing the playoffs. Pop figures out a way. It's okay. Yeah. Rally around. We'll get it done. And, um uh, You know, so I mean, yeah, they're twenty nine and thirty one right now. Um Who are their next five games? Click on the Lakers' next five games. So the Lakers coming. Because they lost what four in a row? No, they no they won't. They beat Houston. But they're like they've lost like ten of they've 12 lost or a, something. They've right? lost a bunch recently. Yeah, yeah, they've had a terrible February. So they play Milwaukee. L to L at Phoenix. That's who win. knows? That's a win. At versus the Clippers. To L Denver. To L Boston. To L possibly they're home. Boston sucks. At the Bulls. Tor- at Toronto, that's a that's a major L. <laughs> don't hey, don't go up to Canada and think it's sweet. Yeah. Major L. So it depends. Brooklyn, on the- Sacramento, Washington. So that's yeah. what I'm saying, bro. Like they got I- a tough season to finish out the year. I can't really see it. And look how they finish. Look at their April though. Listen to this: their last five games of the year: OKC, Golden State, 
Clippers, Utah, Portland. It's ugly. So it's not like, hey, that last week we can go five. and know you're playing five playoff teams. So, yeah, right. I think that uh, – and you're not going to – again, and the Kings and all those boys are going to be fighting and deserve to get there. So um, no cap on that. All right. We talked about this a little bit earlier. Um, cap or no cap? My man gets a lot of love amongst the national media throughout this entire fall. I don't feel like I've heard anybody say something about him, but I'm going to go ahead and say it right now. Brad Stevens can't manage superstar players. Hear me out. Butler, right? Low-profile players. He does great things so with them. you're this saying is, this, is, uh, this is cap. This, this I, is true. I, to me, yeah, to me, this is Oh, this, no cap. No cap. cap. No yeah, cap. Yeah. This can, is no cap. He cannot, he cannot manage superstar players. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Last year with Boston, does the last couple of years with Boston, right? And IT was a superstar, but not in that Kyrie breath, right? He was making him a superstar. Um, does a great job. Gets his star back this year. Tries to work back Gordon Hayward. Having major issues, right? Awesome X's and O's coach. I seriously question if he can handle the big egos. I don't know if that's what he does. Because where, where has he been during this Celtics freefall? They should not be losing ballgames. They should not be 37 and 23. Is free fall a strong word, though? Not a free, but from where you expect. People had them winning 65 games. Yeah, what did Simmons had them winning? 67 or some <laughs> shit like that. I don't know what he was on with Simmons that. Had him winning <laughs> bro, like he, I think he took them in like 67 yeah, games, like something crazy. Yeah, which like, was crazy. Like, I don't see how they can't win 67 yeah. games. But I mean, 60, if you would have told me that 60, that's realistic for them. Yeah. They're not They're not going to now. Obviously, they've already lost 23. Um, I don't know about free fall, but, bro, lack of consistency. Kyrie is going to the media after every game. All of a sudden, Kyrie is like the, the beacon of leadership and has a long-weathered NBA career of, of all these different the things that he's seen. can't wait to talk to Kyrie. Can't wait. And he can't wait to talk back. <laughs> <laughs> and it's – this is the thing. Okay, now, so so your answer to your the question is you don't think he can. I think it's an issue for him. That's I don't like think he's a, ever really had to. Yeah. And his new territory, where he's had success has always been with lesser heralded guys. And at Butler, he wasn't getting Butler. he wasn't getting blue chippers at Butler. Yeah. Interesting. You know what I mean? You're winning games with Shelvin Mack and Gordon Hayward, who turned out to be solid players and then they got to the league, but nobody was checking for Gordon Hayward coming out of high school. There was no ego there. Kyrie is an established a, a beyond established player, not just on the court, he's off the court a brand. He's a superstar. Superstar. Yeah. In every sense of the word. You know what I mean? And I think that he's having trouble managing. And then not just that, your younger guys who were you could talk to, like whatever, last year, perfect example, a guy like Tatum. Tatum's trying to become his own player. Jalen Brown's got a contract coming up. Like those guys are a little bit harder to control, especially because they've had success. To answer your question on my end, I don't know. That's a really interesting question. Yeah. Does it seem like we already know what he does on X's and O's. Does it seem like Kyrie's a little out of control? As a player or as a person? As, a, as like what, like how he's been going about his business? A little bit. Yeah. I also think that people don't realize what kind of dude Kyrie really is. He's this, this is a straight New York gritty. Like he has, I think he initially came into the league with this aura that he went to Duke Uncle Drew, fun-loving guy. I don't know if he's like that. He's from New Jersey. He's from Jersey. He's from Jersey. Yeah. But, like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, I think he's a little more of 
of like a street street dude than people like give him credit. Really, for. I don't. I think he's very intellectual. Yeah, I think he's very smart. But like, I think behind closed doors, he's just like he he he's no different than what's like. What's another example that I can use? Ricky Davis. <laughs> <laughs> Not like a Ricky Davis, but like I think people don't realize how much of like. Just more of a street dude than street he think that he gets off. Than, really? Yeah. I think that's that's how I would put it. I don't I actually I don't see I think he's actually I would probably go the opposite. He's but more super, of a like But but like okay, how about this? Deep thinker what that did, like what is, did he say uh to Boston? Like I'm only I'll take care of myself or I don't owe shit to anybody. Yeah. I think he's think I don't owe I don't owe shit to anybody more than the other, the opposite. I got of that. you. Yeah, you I got me? you. I got that's, you. Yeah, that's what not I mean. necessarily like congenial type. Yeah, like, yeah he's yeah, yeah. more of like, man, I'll do what I want to do. Right, I gotta leave Boston, and that's what it is. LeBron, fuck LeBron, I want to leave. Right, I think he's more of that guy than people realize. So people, I think I, I see what you're saying. I would almost say he's more of a like independent force, like being himself type guy than LeBron's sidekick, and then like a guy who's gonna stay quiet and be Mister Mister Media and say the right thing. Right? Think he's people, more inclined to say whatever the fuck. He was more that yeah. way than he yeah, is. Yeah, for sure. Then, like I remember when he was like, um, I don't owe nobody shit. People were like shocked. Like, yeah, whoa, like, yeah. Kyrie said Kyrie that. Kyrie said that. Oh my it's god. Like, yeah. Whoa, wait, that's not oh, like Kyrie. Oh, would, Kyrie would oh, say that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> nah. I think you gotta yeah. like think like relax a little bit like he's a little more of a of a kind of like what Dur- now i think like i agree and i think that's kind of like what durant tried to do to his image remember durant got all sick of like the nice guy image and kind of took it to like the the opposite extreme and kind of just became an asshole to everybody yeah. um so yeah kind of along those lines but durant was like forcing that narrative it's like i'm not this nice guy like yeah. look at me i can be rude to the media right where i almost think he's kind of phony exactly i love kevin durant as a basketball player man i really don't know I don't like him as a human being. Like, quick side note, something about him bothers me, bro. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Like, his, I just his aura. His how, aura is off, bro. Off? Yeah, I feel off? like he's just like he's one of those people who like like people like you, bro. Like, you know, like you're trying. Yeah, yeah people like people you, are, dog. And they're really trying to like you. <laughs> they don't you treat just, you like LeBron. Yeah, you couldn't deal with that. Facts. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, facts. people like you, bro. They're not looking for like the next thing. Like, yeah, you got a lot of heat for jumping the Warriors. What do you expect? Yeah. Like you, you don't get that LeBron hate. Like LeBron fucking makes a wrong turn in the street. That shit's three day news cycle. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah. Where was LeBron driving? You know who else <laughs> has that? Um. Shout out my guy Max. He all he always says this. He doesn't. He hates Ben Simmons. Yeah. Because of his like persona too. He thinks he like he he, he hates Ben Simmons and his ego. He thinks Ben Simmons just like walks with his nose up at everybody like I'm I'm the point guard number one pick type shit. I think Ben Simmons has a little bit of that, but yeah. I could see that. You know what I mean? Yeah. All right, what's the next question? All right, next one. Cap or no cap? Cap or no cap? I actually I think I'm going to switch this out. Well, we can we can do them both, I guess, but uh got me thinking. Laurie Markkinen's the best player in his draft class. Will end up being the best player in his draft class, cap or no cap? Wow, you just switched it on me crazy. Yeah, you weren't expecting um, that one. And I'll give you the I'll give you the class, right? Yeah, let me get the whole class. Fultz and Ball are are, are at this point are, are you know, Fultz especially, there's no chance. No, no no nothing at all. Yeah. Lonzo Ball. Here's some competition. Jason Tatum. Yeah. Competition, De'Aaron Fox. Yeah. Donovan Mitchell. He's two or three. 
I think De'Aaron Fox is a monster. Monster. Um, Donovan Mitchell is a touch overrated, actually. Yeah, I opinion. think so, too. Uh, but he's Shoots like 38%. Yeah, but he's a good ball player. Yeah. Um, Markkinen's right there. Markkinen, so is it Markkinen or Tatum, do you? Or Fox? Tatum, I think Fox is Fox is a point Tatum guard, and point guards get better. Tatum is situation because, okay, think of, let, me, let me put it like this. I love Laurie Markkinen. He has been passive on this team before. Yeah. Can you imagine if he was in Boston? Yeah. He might disappear completely. So Boston called you for Tatum for marketing. You're you're saying yes I right now. I think I'm saying you're yes. You're driving Lloyd to the airport. Yeah, I think I'm going to drop him off. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> hey, man, thank you. Yeah, I think I'm going to drop him <laughs> off. But it's very close, and they're both really good. So What I, about I mean, De'Aaron Fox for Lloyd? You're thinking. I'm thinking. Because we, we talk about that. We were just, we just talking talk about, about that point guard guards play. And he's on his way. And that boy is on his way to being. And he's. I love his, his swag upper echelon. too. Yeah. Do you remember the what three or four years ago when it was Russ John Wall? Like when they were like yeah. coming. Yeah. It's con- that's like De'Aaron he's is going to leave that is on bunch, his you know way. Yeah. He's not like scared. before Russell was Russell. He was kind of De'Aaron. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Oh so, yeah. Yeah. Like he, he could get to a point where he's like, wow, this dude. De'Aaron is Fox force. is really fucking good yes. at basketball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah. So. Cap. But hey, man, listen. If if. Lori ends up being the third best behind Donovan Mitchell, who will probably score 25 points a year the rest of his career if he stays like in the spotlight Utah. Yep. And De'Aaron is going for 19, 9, and 5 and long and, you know what I'm saying, and and, and, and goes out there, plays the energy, plays D like he does, then I wouldn't, I can't be mad at that, yep. that pick. Absolutely. Especially especially with the hype that Lonzo and Markel were getting and all that stuff. For, yeah. the, for those dudes to disappear, that, that'd, be a, that'd be big. But that, yeah, right so now that's, that's some cap. That's, that's a cap. Right that's some now. cap right now. Yeah, it's right, close though. Real quick on this one, and then we'll hit the last one. Uh, Paul George, the best two way player in the league right now. So when I say that, it's over the likes of wait. Say that one more time. What Paul George, yeah, is the best two way play, true two way player, which means you're really good at D. Like not just he plays a little bit of D. True two way player in the league right now. So that would be over Kawhi. Giannis, so you got to factor George's offense versus Giannis's total offensive game and KD. Yeah, this is cap. All right, for me because he's not better. I don't. I don't want to put Giannis and him in the same category because they play different. It's they, so it's, different. It's, it's, Giannis is such a it's a one of a kind D. type. Yeah, you know what I mean. But like him and Kawhi are essentially the this like the same interchangeable in a team. Yeah, like not, their game's not the same, but. They're interchangeable, He's right? probably a better shooter than Kawhi. Kawhi might be a better defender. Right. And he, he might be able better. to go to the basket a little better, yeah, whatever, yeah. right? So, I'm going to say Cat because I don't think he's better than Kawhi. You're taking Kawhi over. Yeah. But, I mean, dude, Paul George has been playing out of his mind. But I think Kawhi, when he's, like, on his shit, he's almost the best in basketball, period. So, what, so, where's KD on that list for you? He's, I mean, he's right there, too. Yeah. His D is good, but it's not like it's not Kawhi Paul yeah, George level. Yeah, exactly. Those dudes are upper echelon, Those top are, tier Ka- defenders. Kawhi Leonard can lock you up. <laughs> up period. Yeah, period. Like yeah. you will be struggling to score yeah. like, to get by him or do anything. Yeah. He, so, you see him the other day in the Spurs game, like in the yeah, playoffs. Yeah. Like, man, he's a problem. You've seen that clip of LeBron when he sees Kawhi checking in. Like, yeah, he wants to know. Shift. He's just yeah. like, man, yeah, though, I don't like, want to play with this dude. Such a grind. Yeah. Like, even I obviously haven't played any NBA ball, but like even in pickup, 
when you're playing a dude and he's really trying hard on D and he's playing good D, yeah. you're like, man, get this guy get this, away Especially when he's relentless like that. Yes, yeah. like, get him away from me. Like, I can only imagine in the league, like in the playoffs. Yeah, so it's cat, but it's super close because Paul George has been out of his mind. Out of his mind. Yeah. Um. All right, last one. Um. And this one, yeah, all right, I'll just give it to you. NBA, right? Current seeding for the NBA as far as how the playoffs go. They take the top eight from each conference, put in the brackets. You go, you know, traditional, traditional seeding there. Um, a lot of talk around this topic recently. I think it's a good time to bring it up right now. NBA should go one through 16 for the playoffs. So you take the top 16 teams, you see them one through 16, put them in a bracket like that. Conferences no longer matter for playoffs. And the reason I say that now would be a team like Charlotte, Detroit, who are 29 and 30 and 28 and 32, but currently making the playoffs. While teams like, you know, we just talked about Sacramento, who's 31 and 29, um, you know, San Antonio, things like that. I would say. Cap, because this is completely personal. I'm kind of – I like that tradition of the East-West. Really? Yeah, I'm into that. So – and I understand there's been a really long stretch now where the West has been super stacked. The East is starting to get there, and it, yeah. could, and it could switch. And I just like the, the, the two silos. Like, we've already abolished the, bat, the all-star game. Yeah. Like there's no competition there between East-West. I, I, I like the East-West split up. You like the traditional yeah, stuff? Yeah, I do. I really do. So I, I always think back. I think it was, uh, it was a year after Golden State. Because at the end of the day, in the East and the West, there's only probably the, the top four teams can really win the championship. Yeah. It'd be different if it was like, say if it was the NFL and that last seed has a shot to actually go out and win the Super Bowl. Like – the eighth seed in the East or the West isn't going to do anything. Probably the seven. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. maybe the fourth seed can actually get to the finals. But, like, it's almost like, all right, you made the playoffs and let's play a little so, extra basketball. But they don't real, they don't have a real shot. Like, if you, were, if you were leaving out a team that had a real shot to win the NBA championship, then I'd be like, you know what? Abolish it. So there was one you year. What I'm saying yeah, for sure. There was one year. I think Golden State won 47 games in the West and didn't make the playoffs. Yeah, no, and there yeah. was a team in the East that won like 39 and made it. Like, and, and I guess you know, like that. And I'm all for the tradition because you because what would you wouldn't be the conference finals anymore? It'd be semifinals, things like that. Yeah. Um, but what's up? Like, okay, outside of what was that? Portland two years ago that lost the eight to one. Were they even a one? It was like seven to two. Portland lost, Portland got smacked by somebody. In what? When they remember when Portland was like number two in the West? Was that last that year? That was last year. Yeah. They lost that was to who? last year. They lost to um weren't they, weren't they number two? Yeah, they were number three. They lost to the Pelicans. They lost to the Pelicans. They lost to yeah. the Pelicans. Got okay. smacked around too. They were number three though. Yeah, they were number and three. And that was a big out that was yeah. a big uproar. Like, yeah. oh, they lost. The number three seed lost to the seven. Right. But like how many times has the eight lost to the one? Once? Was it Dallas? Dallas, Dallas versus lost to Golden Dallas State? to Golden State, yeah. But, like, is this, that, that just never happens, right? So, it's a personal reason. But I So, would you just don't think it's going to change anything of how, as far as how it shakes out? As far as how it I guess it's just out. more for, like, the teams who do win 44 games. Like, there's going to be a team in the West that has a, a much better record than the AC in the East. Yeah. So, it's almost like, okay, would you rather watch, you as a fan, would you rather watch Sacramento in the playoffs or Orlando? Yeah, I mean – the first couple rounds of the East playoffs are trash. Yeah. yeah. So it's so, like, I mean, you know, I'd rather watch Sacramento be, what, the fourth team seed and play 
I don't know, Toronto or something like that in the first round. Um, but I then think, watch I Orlando think, listen, play Milwaukee. I think eventually the parity starts to even up a little bit and both conferences are strong, but it, it's, this just period is where I don't know. Like, you took LeBron out the East and it got, yeah. it, it got even more dicey. The East is tough at the top. It is real tough at the top. It's yeah. ugly at the bottom. But, yeah, no, nah, I hear you. Where are you at? I mean, Charlotte's 28 and 32. I go one to sixteen. You just, I think it's time. Just give me all the best teams. Give me the best teams. Give me the sixteen best teams in the NBA. Because again, Charlotte, I love Kimba at twenty eight and thirty two. Shouldn't make the playoffs. You know, what I mean, they should not yeah. be. They can finish four games under. They're still going to make the playoffs. So for me, that's a problem. I hear that. Yep. Is so that no, it? no cap. No cap. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's all I got. Man, glad to be yeah, back in here. Absolutely. No doubt. We had like a what? It was like two weeks off, three weeks off. Yeah. Might have been like a month almost. Super Bowl's been like a month, yeah. Yeah, the yeah. last the last video show might have been a month, but I'm glad uh we had a couple people jump on the live stream. We're in the chats. Thank you guys for hopping on. I appreciate that as always. Um for Nick the Quick, I am your host, Sean Little. No catch up Chicago for Chicago by Chicago. Listen up. Man, good to be back in here, bro. Yeah.